And welcome to Gay Out the City. I'm your host, Prince Electro Diamond. And today I am here with go go dancer and OnlyFans content creator Valentino. How you doing today, sexy? I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. Great. I am. Like, I, I love, first of all, before we get into it, I love when guests are excited because it makes my thing, my job so much easier. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Work. So, where are you originally from? So, I'm actually from a really small town. It's called Sunnyside. It's over the past, way down in central Washington. So, basically, if you're born there, you die there. And I said, I, I need to get out of here as soon as I graduated and did all that stuff. And I moved to I LA. Told- yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I totally get like wanting to run away. So I'm from I'm from Florida. I was born and raised in South Florida. Ran to Orlando as soon as I got the chance because like I needed out of my hometown. And unfortunately, I'm at home again, which is never fun. But hoping to leave Florida. Yeah, but. Yeah, there is an upside, but, like, the downside is, like, I am not near any gay culture. Like, the nearest gay clubs are, like, in Miami, and that's, like, an hour and a half away from me. Oh, no. You need to get closer. (laughs) I know. I know, believe me. I'm I'm trying to leave Florida. I'm hoping to get to Atlanta within, like, the next year. Nice. amazing. And the weather there is perfect. That's something that I miss about being back home. It's just super hot weather. Work. So, mm-hmm. what were you? What was it like for you growing up as a kid? You know, growing up as a kid, I would consider myself like a little tomboy. I was always out riding bikes, you know, going hiking, camping, hanging out with the boys, and then I soon realized that I was a fabulous boy. So. I was like, let's switch it up. Let's actually be our authentic true selves and, you know, be more flamboyant. And I was about 11 years old when I found out that I'm gay and proud of it. So my family acknowledged it and they allowed me to be who I am today, which is amazing considering some people don't have that. And, you know, I want to be that person that they can come to to talk to about, you know, being in a situation like that. Yeah. I'm really good at giving advice, but giving myself advice, I don't think anybody can do that. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's always nice to have an ear to listen to. That's, I totally get that. It's like, for me, my childhood was good for the most part. I think you lost. Okay. 
Okay. Yeah. That's weird. Both went on. Anyway, so as I said, was depressed at the age of 12, but then pretty much like got. That took a while actually to get out. I didn't stop being depressed till I was like 26. But coming out, so you said you came out at 11, right? I mean, pretty much I was out at 11 and I officially told my family, like, I'm gay when I was already living in LA. So I kind of had to, you know, they already knew that I was gay, of course. You can tell when your child's gay. But I, like, vocally came out when I was, like, about 18. So a few years later, but they already knew. (laughs) Well, I also came out at 18. I wish I had a great story. I don't. (laughs) So... I will say I was fortunate because when I came out, I came out four months after my mom died, so I only had to come out to one parent, which made yeah. it a little bit easier. I came out to my dad, and then I have like an older sister who were both accepting. I came out to a youth minister, which was a mistake, because I told him about this like performance idea I had with like a knife and how I'd practiced it, talking about how theatric I am, again, clearly. So he left the room, came back in about 10 minutes later. He said, you have one of two options. Either you're coming with me or I'm calling the cops. So I went with him to get a psyche valve. I passed it. He lied to make it seem like I was lying. And as a result, I got locked in a mental institution for 64 hours. Yeah, that's that's very bad on his end. Uh, he has some other things that he's dealing with that he couldn't come to. Uh, no, I mean, as I said, what do, as they always say, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, but it's like... <laughs> but damn. <laughs> yeah, that was... It's like, but it's one of those things that, like I felt like I... You don't want to say like you have to go through certain things, but like... Right. It does make you stronger on the other end. No, it definitely does. And, you know, when you have those types of experiences, the biggest thing that you can do is, like, learn from certain things that happen during that experience and actually, you know, become a better person for yourself. Totally. So, mm-hmm. okay. So now that you said you're in L.A. now, right? Um, I'm actually in Seattle. I okay, you are Seattle. in Seattle. That's what I thought. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm a so, Seattle boy. <laughs> so, okay, then I guess I'll ask it this way. What made you move to L.A.? So, um, I was in pursuit of, you know, modeling. I did America's Next Top Model twice and got to the elimination round and stuff right before television and stuff. So, that was quite an experience at a young age, being on my own and, you know, I got into the Hollywood scene and worked with the Chinese theater doing red carpet events and world premieres. So that was kind of like another closer shock for me because I'm from a small town and I never had that type of experience there. So it was pretty exciting. It was, it was super fun. And I would always tell people that I was from Seattle because they don't know where my small town is from. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess it kind of just manifested itself. Well, I mean, I get that. I literally, when I tell people 
I can't even tell them my hometown. I'm like, I, I tell them I'm like, I live an hour north of West Palm Beach, and usually that's when people can like, <laughs> like, oh, no. okay, yeah. So then, what made you move from LA back to Seattle, though? Great question. <laughs> so I was visiting my family one summer, and I met a boy. And he shortly after convinced me to move back to Seattle with him and live with him. And it was, you know, we had a, a relationship for seven years. I was 21 when I met him. And I'm now about to be 30. And we've been broken up for about two years now. So uh, I kind of just stayed here in Seattle after the breakup and kind of let myself go through the motions. And I was very depressed. and just locked inside all the time and one day I just had like an epiphany and I was like I need to go out there and I need to be a hot girl like I need to you know get out there meet people meet friends and stop being depressed and just like help myself and so many amazing things happened started to happen for me once I decided to do that for myself and it kind of led me to where I am now go go dancing and you know creating my content for OnlyFans. Work. I mean, as I know from, like, dealing with depression, it's really, really hard to get out of that, like, state that you're in. And, like... I I give it to you. Like, so you said you were depressed from, like, how long? It was about... A year and a half probably and throughout the relationship too there was just so many ups and downs and i was just not myself and thankfully they let me go otherwise i would have held on to that for as long as i could and i think it was the best thing that could have happened to me you know i was you know depressed as i mentioned and that yeah. was part itself that's just an experience that i don't wish on anybody you know it's a, it's a scary place to be no i can totally say that as someone who in my bout of depression was suicidal twice like i know like how hard depression can get and like yeah i can definitely relate with that like yeah lots of downs and i would have high highs and very low lows and that was the scary part it's like i don't know when i'm gonna be there to not be here yeah i had to look to my friends and Right. So, what made you want to start go-go dancing? Well, um, it was actually one of my depressed nights, and it was on a Thursday, and I was home, and my cousin had reached out to me, and she's like, you haven't left your house, like, I'm worried, you need to go and do something, or just go get fresh air, just do something, go take yourself to dinner, and there was an event going on at a club called Cuff here in Seattle. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to get ready. I'm going to look cute. And I'm going to go to this twerk contest. <laughs> and so I got ready and I was at my door and I shut it. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to go. I can't do this. And something just told me, like, just go. You're ready. Just walk out the door. It's okay. So. I got there and 
I was just kind of in my own little bubble and they had the twerk contest that had just started and I went up there and I killed it. I did so good. And this amazing human being in my life named Kitty Glitter, she said, I was gonna send you a message when you promoted the twerk contest. And she's like, but I had noticed that you messaged me already last like summer wanting to you know, like, dance. And she's like, do you want to get up there right now and show me what you got? And she's like, take your pants off. And I was like, okay. And I was like, I'll take my pants off. I have a cute pink thong on, like, let's do it. I got up there and everybody was like jaw dropped, like just mesmerized watching me dance. And from there on, I just started getting booked Wednesday through Sunday I was dancing and I was still working my corporate job and I was like damn like it just it it took off out of nowhere and I just started meeting more people being friendly and you know becoming more happy and comfortable with myself doing that so I slowly have been getting my name out there like this past summer which has been like a primary time for me that's amazing. So, like, how nervous were you the first time you performed? Girl, I was shaking in my boots, literally. I was like, I hope I don't look dumb up here. And they're like, you're a natural. Like, people were like, how long have you been doing this for? And I'm like, I've never go-go'd. Never. And I even got invited to go dance at a club in Portland, too. Um, and people usually have to audition for that club, and they just they gave me a spot there too which is amazing and i'm so happy for that so yeah very thankful for the opportunities that i have so yeah um everybody knows valentino and it's like i'm still kind of shocked <laughs> yeah so i'll actually say to my first time performing i actually had i gave myself a huge challenge because i'm a musician so i started performing at open mic nights like in straight bars Oh, wow. <laughs> That's nerve-wracking. <laughs> That's... But I never felt, like, more alive. Because you're, like, in I, your element. You're doing something that you love. Yeah. And it was something to where, like... So I was doing music that I wrote, because I write music as well. So, like, oh, I was doing, like, this, like, electronic music that, like, was different than everybody else who was doing, like, acoustic sets and, like... As I said, overall, there, I performed there a lot, the bar I was at. I had mixed reviews the whole time I was there. Like, some people, like, loved it. Some people hated it. Which, of course, when you're doing something different, that's usually how mm -hmm. it goes. Yeah. And the owners, as I said, liked me. The only time they minded was when I, like, like swore and, like, screamed into the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Because I got one one week I ended like one of my songs screaming motherfucker in a microphone and then I got told by the owners the next week not to do that. I'm like, I'm not doing that again. I'm not repeating my set, please. Yeah, that's who I am as a musician. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it is. I don't care. As I say, back then I used to wear clothes. Now in drag I walk around half naked so I can never perform at... <laughs> Right. <laughs> at, a, at a straight bar 
That's how I am. Sometimes I walk around from one club to the other because I'm double booked in my go-go outfits and people are like, whoa, like you're wearing that? And I'm like, I, I don't care. This is who I am. No, because you have to get to a point where you basically just say, fuck it. Like, Yeah, exactly. We've only got one life. You might as well just like, if you want to mm-hmm. be half naked, like naked, like you are just fucking do it. Like, Exactly. That's what I say. And I have like the most incredible friends right now, Galen and Cesar, that have just brought me up to where I am. And we are all known as the Power Bottom Girls. Uh, our manager gave us that name during Pride. And so we were like, should we just run with it? Like, let's just, everybody knows us as the Power Bottom Girls. And it's so funny. <laughs> and we're always like running around the city half naked. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All for it. So, mm-hmm. I asked this question because depending on the go-go dancer, I've always gotten a different answer. So, have you ever mm-hmm. been inappropriately touched while go-go dancing? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I think, like, being especially a pretty boy, people just automatically assume that you are that type of person and they think that it's okay just to touch you inappropriately so I have to I had to like learn to you know call the security or just grab the money out of their hand when I can feel that energy coming towards me like it's it's a very uncomfortable situation to be in and I, I know people have the you know words to fight back and be like well you're putting yourself in that situation it's like but i'm here working as soon as i'm done i go home and i cuddle with my dog like this is like uh you know this is a character that i'm playing like i'm working i I don't want to be touched by your grubby little hands i don't know what you're doing all night so a lot of people are okay with it and most of us aren't so I think it just depends on the person. Well, I would say the one that I'm assuming definitely happened. Has anyone like ever tried to like touch your hole? Oh, yeah. That's like the number one thing. So at <laughs> some of the clubs we can't we can't wear jock straps anymore because people yeah. will just put their finger up there like you're dancing and you're like, oh, <laughs> Okay, there's a, a finger in my asshole right now. Like, yeah. get off. I'm like, you better tip me, though, if you're going to be doing that. <laughs> that, uh, as I yeah. said, whenever I, I hear that, it's like, well, of course, I would love to say in drag, I've never been inappropriately touched. I've had somebody grab my wig before. Wow. Like, literally just grab it and take it off my head. And I'm like, <laughs> Like, what's the reason for that? <laughs> Why? They just said, I want to see you without it. I'm like, I'm like, they are so lucky that I was in, like, a good mood that night. Because if not, yeah. I would have taken my shoe off and beat them upside the head. Like. Yeah. <laughs> I've gotten off the stage. If somebody touches me, I'm like, I'm, I need, like, five minutes to leave. <laughs> well, because, like, I would totally get that. Because you're, like, you're expecting them to just, like hand money and be like nice right and like maybe give you correct me or something yeah put your finger in my ass 
<laughs> that one, and I actually heard somebody say one time that they had somebody tickle them when they were go-go dancing. I'm like, what? Yeah, there's some some very weird things that happen while you're dancing, to say the least. Like, very odd behavior. So I'm like, I'm ready for whatever comes that night. I'm like, I just have to mentally prepare myself and say, okay, have the security there or have your friends around you or something. Because people get wild, especially when they're drinking alcohol. Right. <laughs> so, have you ever had a tip stolen from your body? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I have. Um, there's a lot of people that will act like they're going to come up and tip you, um, but they'll actually take the tips that are falling and like just try and keep tipping you with those. Or I've had people actually pull money out of my jock strap or my underwear and walk away. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> or they'll like over tip you and try and take it back. And I'm like, no, I need it's already on me and fold it away with my money like you're not getting it back <laughs> it's see as I say like it's still it's like I know I've interviewed enough go-go dancers to where I feel like I should not be shocked by this but I am because it's like that's somebody's money like that's literally right. what that's what you're using to pay your rent like yeah I'm like on my hands and knees shaking my ass to pay my bills like what are you doing <laughs> it's like well first of all nobody would try it with me because it's like if you tried to steal my tip first of all i'm singing live so it's like i dare to see you try because i am holding a microphone and i will call you out if you're trying to steal my money yeah yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> oh, so <God>. yeah <laughs> let's see so would you ever consider auditioning for a go-go for the gold? Oh, definitely. Um, that's something that I'm trying to work towards. That's why I've been pushing my name a little bit more than some of the other go-go's because I don't just want to be known as like, you know, a go-go dancer. I definitely grew up dancing. I was on a dance team for several years in high school. Like I've danced since I was five years old. Like, it's been a passion of mine. So I definitely want to take it to the next level and like, you know, challenge myself to see what else I could do. Um, I do know Johnny Moon. I met him a few years ago and I oh. danced with him recently in Portland. So um, seeing him out there doing that and seeing how happy he was, it, it, it like lit something up and lit a fire under my ass, I would say, because I definitely you know, want to take this to the next level. Well, they're definitely now, like, the good thing about that show is, like, they're now accepting, like, different types of go-go on that show. Because, mm -hmm. like, I was fortunate enough to interview Kirby LaBrea, and, like, yeah. he is, like, I would say when I saw him, I'm like, bitch, work. Like, I want to see stuff like that instead of, like, just, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with traditional go-go. I mean... Y'all do great things, but it's like to see something that's like completely different. It's just amazing. 
Yeah, it's nice to have like a unique talent that you work with or you, you're watching on a show like that because a lot of people think GoGo is like stripping and it's like there's they're two completely different worlds and you can be good at both of them but what else can you bring to the table that's unique that people are going to remember you by going to want to come watch you again I almost feel like whenever I see like either current or former go-go dancers talking to like non-queer interviewers they'll say stuff like I'm a stripper but it's like but are you actually a stripper or are you a go-go dancer? Because even I know there's a difference. Like, right. It's just, you sometimes have to, like, dumb it down for them to, like, understand what you're talking about. But, like... Especially with my family, I had to explain to them, like, I'm a go-go dancer. I dance for maybe 15 to 30-minute increments. I change my outfits. I keep my clothes on. And I'm done working. And, you know, when I like I'm obviously taking all my clothes off and you know doing private lap dances so there's a huge difference there I want you guys to know that I'm now (laughs) go-going and they understood it and they didn't know that there was a difference well because I would say the easiest way and you can correct me if I'm wrong about this but go-go dancers typically start with the same amount of clothes from beginning to end whereas like as you said strippers strip away clothes it's in the name (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) so when i went to portland i was like okay chris you're not go-going you are valentino and you're out there stripping so remember to wear a little bit more clothes so that you can take more off and it was it was quite an experience i had never danced on the stripper pole either in front of people and i it was it became very natural to me which i was excited about because i didn't want to look like a fool (laughs) so which one do you like more do you like stripping or go-going more you know um i personally liked stripping like i just felt more my element dancing on a pole and people actually admiring you know what you're doing versus go-going like you can be up there dancing and looking cute but someone's going to just stand there and watch and not tip you with, you know, the difference with stripping. People know that they're there to tip you and they're there because you're going to take your yeah. clothes off. So I personally, I love stripping. Like I felt like alive. I felt it was fun. <laughs> See, I do, I do love people who strip. I especially love people who like, and I don't know if you've done this and if you have, works for this like when they have like the high heels and like they're oh, on yeah. the pole like that mm-hmm. to me is like I'm like I am like stunned by it like I think it's so hot it's such a like a craft that you have to work on so I actually got booked for my first like private bachelorette party and they were like, we know you're a go-go here in Seattle, but would you consider stripping? And I was like, yes, of course, let's do it. So I was in this penthouse in Seattle and I was stripping for the bachelorette and like 10, 12 gay boys and they were living for it. And I was like, this is what I'm meant to do. I think I'm meant to be a stripper because people 
you know, appreciate it more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Gogo Wing is cute, but like, as you said, a lot of people either like can't afford to like tip you, and that's why they're looking at you, or as you said, they just won't. Because I remember, like, whenever I used to, I, when I lived in Orlando, I was, like, broke, broke. So I would love to watch go-go dancers, didn't have any money to tip them. So it's like. Exactly. So I'm like, oh, I, it's just, in Seattle, that's not an option to be a stripper unless you're doing it privately. So, you know, you definitely have to promote yourself and you know, let people know exactly what you do. Work. Mm-hmm. So, what made you start doing OnlyFans? Honestly, even when I was with my ex, I always fantasized of the idea of like making sex videos. Like, I'm just a sexual person. My family's very open, and I'm just very comfortable in my skin, you know, being sexualized, and I I like it. <laughs> it turns me on, and I feel like I look really hot doing it. And a lot of people have always asked me if I had an OnlyFans, if I have one. And I was like, no. And I was always shut down by my ex about it. So I was like, you know what? Let's do it. Let's start it up. Let's do some collabs. Let's, you know, give it all all that we can to you know, make something of it. And it's been doing pretty good, finally. So it just it's taking some time. But... I'm the type of person that's willing to put in the work because I don't really like anything handed to me. I like to work hard for it and know that it's solely mine, you know. And that's what I've been doing with my go-go women stuff too is, you know, yeah. working hard and getting booked. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, you don't got to tell me about that. Anyone who thinks when you host a podcast, you're just handed guests and handed everything. Right. No, you you gotta work and you gotta get, you gotta have. As I say, I probably get if I'm lucky a quarter of the people I message to actually respond back to me. Mm-hmm. But it's like, as you said, if you you gotta put in the work, it's like even now, it's like I've been doing this for a while and like I'm still having to put in the work because it's like. It's like continuous work. You have to yeah. continuously think outside of the box and what can I do differently? You know, what didn't work? What did work? So it's definitely challenging, but also exciting and rewarding. You know, yeah. You know, more and more opportunities coming your way. And also, I like the fact that I can give a spotlight to quote unquote like smaller creators like yourself because like everyone's like, well, who have you interviewed? And, and if they're not somebody that, like, everybody knows, it's like, well, I'm still at the point where I want to claw at those people and be like, please, give me a chance. Just give me a chance. Yeah. And then it's like, it's, like, it's like, no. I'd rather give a spotlight to somebody like you who... Granted, I'm on the East Coast, so, like, you're probably, mm-hmm. like, known more on the West Coast, but it's like, now I give a chance to, like, get people to know who you are over here hopefully get you some followers, all that. And it's like, I love that. And I appreciate it, too. When you reached out to me, I was like, oh, my God, this is so exciting. (laughs) Totally. So, so, I mean, 
I know you said you just got out of a relationship. So, like, what's your dating life kind of been like before and after, I guess? So, I mean, when I was with my ex, again, we were with, together for seven years. We yeah. read, sleep, ate, did everything together. Like, I couldn't even take a shower by myself or go to the grocery store for five minutes to grab something real quick alone. So, it changed dramatically when when I got broken up with um, and I had to learn how to be okay with being alone and having my dog that depends on me for everything her entire life revolves around me so I you know definitely had to balance out you know work being depressed uh, taking care of my dog trying yeah. to figure out what it was that I wanted to do with my life next so I think, you know, for me, having my animal, my pet, my little soulmate was everything that I could have even dreamed for. And like, she kept me so sane and, you know, would wake me up in the morning to feed her and take her for walks and stuff when I hadn't gone outside or anything. So I, I definitely am very, very content and super, super happy with my life right now. Like, I wouldn't want to change anything, you know, for the world right now. It's, it just put me in this position where I am with you right now, exactly. So it's it's very, very humbling, I would say. I would say, first of all, seven years, that's... <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of years in, gay, in the gay world. <laughs> that's well, he, I was just having this conversation with somebody, I'm like, if you make it more than two or three months with somebody, like you've already exceeded expectations. So like, right. (laughs) I know that because I actually, so yours is seven. My longest relationship has been a year Mm -hmm. and it actually was, we were living together and like one day I got a note with, a key in the door that basically said I'm transitioning. I know you won't accept me for who I am. Mm -hmm. So it's been nice. Basically we had just celebrated our one year anniversary and then like that was it and like as I said they moved everything out like I went to work, and then all of a sudden when I came home, I came home to that, and it's like... Wow. Wow. Yeah. Some people just aren't able to be more vocal about, you know, what they want in life, and, you know, it's kind of good that they didn't lead you on and hurt you more, I guess, but at the same time, like respect who I am and at least have a conversation with me about it. And it's like, I will say in some ways it's like, I argue again, not being exposed to the world, not really going to college. Cause I will admit this. I say this cause it's true. College dropout here. I went for a year and a half and I'm like, I cannot do this. Like, <laughs> Same. I went to college too, and I was like, I'm done. <laughs> this is not oh. for me. <laughs> and like, but I will say, 
You did the smart thing, which was take some time. I got into a relationship immediately after. Oh, girl. <laughs> that lasted a month. <laughs> yeah, see, I couldn't do that. Knowing that my ex was doing that, feeling a void. And I was like, I'm going to allow myself to, you know, feel for the first time, like, sad, angry, upset. Yeah. Like, I let myself, like, feel that for a year and I'm still very reserved and I am talking to somebody right now but you know they know my experience and my past and they're they're willing to just take it as slow as can be because a lot of people obviously want to talk to you and like you know take that chance because you're single but I'm the type of person that's like no like I, if I see one red flag I will stop talking to you and I'm just, I need to take care of myself before I try and take care of somebody else because I'm a huge lover. <laughs> See, like, that I makes love sense. So hard. <laughs> that makes sense. If I had seen the red flag in that relationship I'm talking about, which was, it turns out that I found out when we were breaking up that they were racist. And I'm like, oh. literally, wow. I'm not going to say the word, but they said, because I have been primarily with like black and Latino guys. So like when they were breaking up with me, they literally said, all you ever want is that N word dick. And I'm like, and they said this, I lived in the hood. So like they're yelling this in the middle of a predominantly black neighborhood while they're breaking up with me. I'm like, I'm like, bitch, somebody come get them? him. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody come handle this for me. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, I, w I was like sick at the time. Like, I ended up like going into the hospital like the day after they like broke up with me. So it's like, I was sick and I like, just didn't. I, I'm like, go ahead and yell all you want. Like, I'm, I'm tired. I'm going to sleep. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's so unfortunate. I'm sorry that happened. Yeah. Thank you. As I say, you live and you learn. That's why, like, yeah. since that relationship, I've been single and I am perfectly fine with it. Me too. And I'm always like, I want a boyfriend, but then I'm like, no, you don't. You don't need one. You want one. There's a difference. Girl, get you friends with benefits. That's what I have. Like, yeah, exactly. I had to do that. You know, I have. I yeah. had a roster, and I was just like, no, I need somebody that's going to be consistent. <laughs> no, because like. Especially, okay, I guess I'll ask you, um, are you verse or are you? I'm very verse. I was in my bottom era for a, a long time, but I was like, I definitely enjoy topping just as much as I enjoy bottoming. So when people ask me, I'm like, I will be a top or a verse, whatever you want right now. Let's do it. <laughs> See, here's my rule. I'm just putting this out there. You can call yourself verse if you primarily do one position and do another position like once a decade. So I have topped one I have topped once this decade, so I can call myself first, but I primarily bottom. So like Yeah. I I, I, I need a guy who like knows how to work me. Because I exactly. am I am super, super tight and like that is not Yeah, me too. I'm like, you can't just like ram it in like you have to take your time exactly not, you're not get any. exactly yeah. 
I love when guys just think that like they can just stick it in. I'm like, that's like, the power uh, top for you. <laughs> that's why I'm like, if I don't feel well, first of all, I have changed to where like I have become very much the power bottom where it's like I have one simple rule for men. It's like if you're not eating my ass before you fuck me, you're not fucking me. Point yes, blank, exactly. Point blank, period. <laughs> and I had a guy and I had a guy tell me he's like, I really want to do I really want to fuck you, but I don't won't eat your ass. I'm like, well then get you a friend who can. And then yeah. he can do it, and you can fuck me after. Like, yeah, exactly. it is not that hard. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, a lot of couples will like ask me to sleep with them, and I'm like, "But like, what's the catch? Is somebody gonna get mad? Is somebody gonna want to not do something that you're asking them to do? Like, we need to be on the same page." Wow, that. With a couple, that's crazy because this is like if you were just going with like two people who just happen to be friends, it's like they could have a discussion. But I feel like with a couple, you'd have to like mm-hmm. really yeah. know, really know what you were going into before you walk right in. Because like, yeah, because I feel like one person at least feels left out at one point. And I recently did have a such an amazing threesome. They, we were just friends, which was amazing. And yeah. the entire time, like, it was just like everybody was all over each other. And no, I never felt like left out or anything. And it was, it lasted about four hours. And I was like blown away. I was like, I'm taking you two to breakfast tomorrow. Like, you're staying at my house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, totally. I am one of those people. You can go a long time. Great. As I said, my friends with benefits is a multi-comer. So, like, he can go mm-hmm. one load after another, after another, after another, after another. I'm like, yes. Keep it coming. Let's keep going. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Me too. I'm like, no, you're not done until I am. Sorry. No, the, <laughs> the one time, like, one of the first times... I think I held nine loads. Okay. And then, and then at that point, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, you gotta stop. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I love that. <laughs> like, I hold as much loads as you can drop, baby. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> of course, because everyone's like, one load and that's it. I'm like, first of all, that means you ain't turned on by me, like. Exactly. <laughs> One load, like no, that better be like your engine turning on for me. <laughs> <laughs> and also, some people, I will say this, like that—that that feeling of you fucking me, like you just got out of prison, like that's that's yeah. the mentality I want. Like, yes, <laughs> that's such a perfect example. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, work. Yeah. <laughs> so, what's your relationship to drugs and alcohol? You know, um, I experienced 
experimented with uh, drugs and alcohol at a young age. Um, so I got that out of my system very quickly. Um, I'm now, I drink, tequila is my baby. I will get so fucked up on tequila. Um, and obviously when I go to raves and stuff, like there's, you know, Molly and stuff, which is something that I'll do or partake in, but it definitely has to be, uh, you know, a special event going on or something for me yeah. to partake. So my, my, you know, self-will is definitely a lot stronger than it used to be when I was, you know, 13, 14, 15, partying like an animal. So I slowly very quickly learn what to do and what not to do. <laughs> wow. So yeah. I would say this alcohol for me, I had one bad night where like, well, okay, you know this is a performer. There are some nights where people are just like handing you drink after drink after drink after drink. Yeah. <laughs> And then I was driving, so I was driving from West Palm Beach home, which, as I said, is an hour away. And I was good up until I got home, and all of a sudden, like, a cop pulled me over, and he's like, I didn't get a DUI, luckily. My dad was able to, like, come pick me up, so, like, that was good. But that definitely stops me, like, drinking when I was performing, Mm because I'm like... I'm like, I cannot, like, afford to, like, get close to, like, that situation again. Right. It's scary. It's very scary. And then in terms of drugs, so, as I said, I've never done anything illegal. The only thing Mm -hmm. I've abused is, so, okay, so I have bone spurs in the heels of both of my feet. Mm -hmm. So, like... They're not as bad now, but there was a point when I was working a job where I was like on my feet eight hours a day that I was in a lot, a lot of pain. And before I got to a doctor, I used to take, as I was totaling up, I did this for four months. I took 18 to 24 ibuprofen a day. Oh my God. Yeah. Holy shit. Like, I was taking half a bottle of ibuprofen. (laughs) Yeah, it's... As I said, it's one of those things where, like, I I had to step back, and I'm like, this is not going to be good long term. Mm -hmm. And the reason I didn't go to a doctor is because I didn't have health insurance, because it's... If you're not on Obamacare, it's, like, crazy expensive to get health insurance. Yeah, it is. And that's like, coming out of your own pocket, too. Yeah, I was spending, like, $200 a month. I'm like, I can't afford this for, like, long term. Yeah. But, like, that was probably... That's why... I weird. It's weird to, like, call that an addiction, but that's, like, the closest to addiction I feel like I ever want to get. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, there's been a lot of addiction in my family, too, which is something that I kind of learned from, like, watching them as I'm growing up, like, struggle and be in those awful situations. I was like, that's somewhere that I don't want to (laughs) be. Yeah. Totally. So, 
What are your thoughts on how the LGBTQ community is being treated today? You know, I think that it's a constant battle for for our community. Like, there's always someone or something trying to come for us and make us feel less than when we're actually the ones out here, you know, doing, for example, sex work and, like, you know, stripping and doing all these odd jobs that we shouldn't have to do because we're not able to get jobs at certain places. And it's, it's, it's a constant struggle for us to just win and feel accepted. And it shouldn't be that way because we, you know, if you think about it, we rule this fucking world. Like, you know, how many musicians and artists are out there that all the gay people love and, you know, heteros, have all and every opportunity that they could ever want. And it's very unfair for us to be treated this way constantly. It's almost, as you're saying, it's like, first of all, in some ways, like, yeah, I totally get what you're saying. It's also, there are people who, like, as I always say, especially, like, gay people who, like, like shit on sex sex work but at the same time there are also people watching porn so it's like so if you are shaming these people who do you want to do the jobs of the content that you're viewing exactly like who's you know satisfying your craving (laughs) and it is it honestly I will say this. It's got to be nice being in Seattle where, okay, I will say this. It's clearly there are homophobes everywhere, but like, yeah. But like in Seattle, it's got to be nice to be in that bubble. It is. It definitely is. There's a lot of acceptance and, you know, a lot of people care. And we actually have a great community here, which is nice. But of course, there are you know, some people that don't accept it, which I kind of had an experience myself where I was hate crimes and I was in the hospital because they, you know, brutally beat me up outside of the club. So that was awful. That was another setback that I had last, like, a few months ago, actually, like March, I would say. Yeah, so that was very recent. It was recent, and I just bounced back once again because I had a community and I had great people in my life to just pick me up and, you know, shake that out of my head. See, I would say that's that's got to be one of the harder experiences, obviously, like being hate crimes. Another mm-hmm. one is, and it's something like, I just talked about recently was actually the time I got sexually assaulted in drag, which is like something that like a lot of people, as I say, like don't want to talk about because they feel like they, especially like being hate crime, they probably make you feel like, well, why were you there? Like, why were you doing this? And it's like, as I always say, like, to anyone who blames victims on anything, let me just, I will just say this from my story. I had some guy walk up to my car and, like, get in my car without, like, all of a sudden, he was just, like, in my car. 
And I'm like, oh, so anyone who think anyone who thinks like, oh, they're just there, like they're bringing all the situations on themselves. I was trying to go the fuck home. I had just gotten done performing. I wanted to go home. And I could not get this guy out of my car. So that's why, like, he did what he did. It could have been a lot worse because this guy did want to take advantage of me. But I kept saying no. Yeah. And it's like, to everyone who's, like, just that ignorance of, They shouldn't be doing the stuff that they're doing. They shouldn't be performing. They shouldn't be doing all this. Why? Everyone wants these entertainers. Like, everybody wants Go-Go Boys to work. So if anyone's saying that... Because, as you said, you got hate crime leaving a club. Yeah, I was at a hetero club. I was wearing a white shirt and blue jeans. Like, I didn't even... Wasn't acting gay. I wasn't being you know, flamboyant, and yeah. it was just somebody that knew I was gay that didn't like it, and they attacked me, and they knocked me out, and I was like, I, I cannot for the life of me remember what even happened, which is probably best for me. And it's, and it's like the point that I'm trying to make. As I say, right now, I've been liberated. I walk around half naked and drag now. This is the point where I wasn't. I was wearing a t-shirt, a pink feather boa, a pink wig, long pants, and platform shoes. To everyone who says it's always based on what they're wearing, what about that outfit that I just said is at all sexual? Right. Just because you're being yourself and people automatically yeah. assume that that's something that you want or like. Yeah. It's not the case. So, Okay. So, have you ever suffered with body insecurities? Yeah, yeah, definitely, I would say. Um, I actually struggled with, you know, gaining weight my entire life. And I was always just, like, super, super skinny kid. And even when I would come visit my family down from California, they, my grandma were, like, Hispanic, it's a Hispanic culture. They'd be like, you never eat. Like, he's probably doing all kinds of drugs. That's why he's so skinny. And so now that I'm a little bit thicker and I have a fat ass and stuff, like, I feel a lot better. But it took a lot yeah. to feel comfortable in my body and my skin to even put myself out there to dance. So that's another reason why I just never did it because I felt so insecure about my body. And I think everybody struggles with that. You know, everybody has body dysmorphia and, you know, you might not have it now, but you might wake up one day and be like, oh, I'm not feeling it. And I feel a certain type of way, but you definitely have to just talk yourself, you know, down and know that you're perfect the way you are. Yeah. And you have to get to that point. Mm -hmm. First of all, I will say this. Your, your body is amazing. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> And as I always say, this is the point that I love to point out to people. I'm like, being not the norm, like being a bigger person, you, as I say, you go through that like process of having that unrealistic weight of what you should weigh in your head. So like, yeah. this is the thing. I'm six foot three. 
my vision of what I should weigh was 150 pounds. Girl. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, when I step back, I'm like, that's insane. Yeah. <laughs> that would literally mean that I was like anorexic. Just about being six three, especially. <laughs> yeah. But it's like you always get triggered with those things about thin is beautiful and all this. Mm-hmm. And then there are people that are in the body positivity movement. Unfortunately, the like problematic examples the one I have to use now, which is Lizzo. And like, yeah, how do you feel about uh, Lizzo? Like, she's always under fire for something. Well, the thing she's under fire for now, I think she totally deserves for. It's like you're gonna sit here and like talk about how you're all for like body positivity and you're gonna fat shame dancers, like. Yeah. That to me is like (laughs) it's like I love some of her music but like that where I'm like you can't go around like shaming people for their body. Yeah especially like having that type of platform and being in the spotlight like you would think she would be a little bit more considerate and trying to help people that feel some type of way about their body, but she's doing the complete opposite and she's doing it behind closed doors thinking that people aren't going to speak up. Well, as I said, like, I actually just watched a video that, like, talked about this and somebody, like, called out Lizzo as a person because they're like, two years ago, she was saying how much she loved Chris Brown as a person. I'm like, if you love Chris Brown as a person, maybe you're not the greatest person in the world. No. Something's wrong with you. <laughs> but it's it's literally, as I say, that would be like Ariana Grande sitting there and telling people not to steal other people's men. I'm like... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it'd be like, girl, that's how all your relationships have started. Every single one of them, actually. <laughs> yeah. That's one where I saw that, like, when I saw that headlines where she's like, Ariana Grande's dating SpongeBob. I'm like, you went from dating this hot, dating this hot realtor to dating one of the ugliest guys in the world? Like, yeah. Uh, this is so crazy how that works in Hollywood. Like, I was exposed to Hollywood in a very dark way and I quickly was like out of there. I'm like, I can't do this. Like the parties were getting weirder. You would see celebrities doing things that you're like, wait, is this actually happening? So, yeah, Hollywood is a crazy place. Well, okay, here's a question I'd ask. When you were in Hollywood, did you find it hard to find genuine people while you were there? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, everybody's pretending to be someone that they're not, and they're just trying to slowly work their way up. And, you know, if you don't have enough followers or, you know, you don't look a certain way, then you're definitely not going to get into places and people are just going to treat you differently. So 
I, I struggled with, you know, with that while I was there too, because I hadn't had an, another glow up or anything. I was a child and it's like, I slowly learned, you know, what the real LA and Hollywood scene is about. See, okay. This is one thing where I said, because here's the thing. I said I want to move to Atlanta next, but I figured from Atlanta I'd want to move to either New York or L.A. And mm. everything, here's the thing. Are there genuine people in L.A.? Of course. But, like, if I feel like what you're telling me is primarily what the people are. Yeah. In LA. I feel so like you like, have a, a better experience in New York, but the culture is just so much more vibrant, and people are just more themselves. You know, they're not trying to fake living in Hollywood and being like a, a movie star or anything like that. You know? Yeah, I mean, as I said, in truth, it's going to all depend on this. Because I will say, as much as I've heard people like, say negative things about LA although in New York I've had it like it's mm. usually New York or LA people show up when I ask them to come on Yeah. anywhere else I have a 50-50 shot or no 50-50 is being nice I have a 60-40 shot 60% <laughs> of them not showing up 40% of them actually coming and doing the interview mm-hmm. yeah so I mean I guess there is a lot more there's a lot more opportunity in LA and yeah if you're you're, you know in this industry people will show up because that's you know people love to network and you know get their names out there and stuff so if you're looking at it at that standpoint then you know you would have I think it'd be a 50-50 shot for you to go to LA or New York and plus it's like my other thing, somebody actually from L.A. suggested, like, if I wanted to move to the East Coast, they actually suggested Seattle. I'm like, I'm like, I never thought about it, but I'm like. It's you. You should come out and visit it. I definitely. Now that I know somebody in Seattle, I probably would. Like, yeah, I would let you. I would definitely let you know if I was, like, going to Seattle. Like, yeah, you better. <laughs> Seattle's so fun. I love it. Like, I always find myself coming back here, especially if I'm on vacation or something. I'm like, I want to be back in Seattle. Right. Which, I mean, that's good. Like, I would say, like, granted, it's not your direct hometown, but, like, if you're originally from, like, the Seattle area and you're saying that Seattle's great, that's got to mean something, because, like... Yeah. <laughs> I love it here. I I always think about moving somewhere else, and I'm like, nowhere seems as fun as Seattle. Like, I visited San Francisco, had an amazing time, but wanted to come back here. Like, I wouldn't move back home, because the people suck there. So Seattle is always, like, my baby. See, I recently had... The only positive experience I've had in Florida where I'm like, I will never, like, nothing will ever top this. So there's this, um, there's this drag bar in South Beach called, um, the Palace. Mm -hmm. And it's like, they have, like, 
drag queens doing all these crazy stunts. I've never, I've been to plenty of drag shows, but like, I've never had my jaw like on the floor more. <laughs> and I'm like, that would be the only thing that would keep me in Florida. Anything else, forget it. <laughs> That's amazing. See, they have like the community to you know put on those types of shows and that. My favorite thing is going to drag shows and supporting, you know. Yeah. I think we need more of that inclusivity, if that's the right word, you know. Like, we need to be inclusive and, like, you know, support each other in those ways. Of course. And we have to, especially in the drag community, like, granted, there is one in my area. Mm -hmm. I've only... I have, like, my drag sister who's part of that community, but, like, I always feel like an outsider in that community because they shit talk the way that I look because I'm not, like, a polished drag queen. And my response is, yeah, I don't need y'all's acceptance because, like, I'm interviewing people nationally and internationally now at this point. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like, y'all can stay here and just be known in this area. I'm trying to right. get my name out. Exactly. You're doing something different. And, you know, I found that when people know what you're doing and it's something, you know, different, they're always going to have something to say because I, I don't have any, you know, issues or bad blood with anybody. But from time to time, I do hear people talking about me and it's because they're either jealous or they're stuck doing the same thing in their boring life. And it's like, when you're different and you're doing something different, people are always going to have something to say, whether it's bad or good. And you just kind of have to say, you know, I don't give a fuck about your opinion. I'm happy. And this is what I'm doing. And if you don't like it, you know, turn the other way. And it's like, first of all, people shit talking you. I mean, granted, I'm just starting to know you, but you seem like super nice. I am. I'm such a outgoing, loving, caring type of person. Like, I like to make everybody around me feel good. You know, even if I meet someone for one second, like, they're going to remember that moment, whether yeah. it was good or bad. And for me personally, I just can't, you know, ever make somebody feel bad because I felt very awful about myself. And I would never do that to somebody. But like I said, some people just want to hate you for no reason and you know have an opinion and it's like uh i really don't care though and they're like oh like, i thought it was gonna make them feel some type of way and i'm like no it doesn't yeah totally so what's the biggest misconception about you Honestly, the biggest misconception about me, I would say, even most recently, is that I'm like a whore, I'm like a slut or something because of my job and what I do, and I'm not. I'm like, I like to sleep with one person at a time, like, I, you know, care a lot about my friends and you know, family is important to me. And I think, you know, when you're in this industry, people just automatically assume that you sleep with everybody or you know, that's that's what your main goal is to just fuck everybody in the city. And I'm like, I'm not that type of person, though. And it's like, it's almost like, 
I would say this, at least from what I've heard from go-go dancers, it's almost like you become a little bit less sexual the more that you do go-go dancing because that's for sure like i just the more i do this and the the better i am getting at it i'm like the less i want people to touch me and sleep with random people Can you hear me? I can't hear anything. I leave and come back. No, I can't hear you. This sucks. You're having such a good conversation. Hold on. Should I leave and come back? Okay. No, it like wanted to connect, but it doesn't want to connect to the audio. Darn. Can you hear me? Hold on, let me turn my headphones off.
Reconnected. Can you hear me? I can't hear you though. 